Famous Ashley Grant here. I am so excited today to bring you Bobby Kingsbury of the Fashion Authority. We are going to jam on all things fashion blogging. Bobby, tell everybody say, say hello. Hello, hello, <laughs> Bobby. Tell us a little bit about what it is you do and what your plans for blogging are. Ah, so <laughs> I am a fashion designer and a fashion stylist, and also a makeup artist. And um, what I do is help women feel better about getting dressed in the morning. We all start our day, no matter who you are, you start your day with, what am I going to wear today? What am I going to put on my body today? And some of us look in the closet with dread and others look in the closet with joy and, you know, can't wait to put on whatever's in there. And so I want to help every woman find joy in their closet. And I do that through closet audits and um, shopping with them, doing, you know, personal shopping and helping them find their style, helping them find colors and silhouettes that work for their body and things like that. I can also custom design garments for women if they so choose. I have done that in the past. And I've also created a couple of different lines myself that I've shown at fashion shows. And as far as blogging goes, I want to concentrate on like hacks, fashion hacks, or like just educating women on um, different things like, you know, stripes, uh, how to wear stripes, you know, (laughs) and um, how to choose foundation garments and how to find stores that might cater to um, your specific pain point. If you're petite, what are the best stores for petites? What are the best stores for plus size? What are the best ones for tall girls? Um, Things like that. Like there, I believe that fashion is for everybody. And no matter what your body looks like, you should be able to get dressed and feel amazing in your, in your clothes. And a lot of women are doing online uh, shopping now. And thankfully, you know, the internet is really helping women, especially with their like plus size women or, you know, curvy women. There are a lot more choices today than there were years ago. A lot more choices. Um, My mom was always plus size. Like since childhood, my mother was plus size. And um, back then in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, you made your own clothes pretty much. Um, But, you know, in the 80s, my mom really wanted to, my mom always wanted to look fashionable. My mother was a fashion plate and pretty much the only places she could shop was like fashion bug plus or like, you know, uh, Lane Bryant eventually, but there were not a lot of choices. So if my mom really wanted something fabulous, she either had to make it or she had to pay big bucks and it shouldn't be like that. So now, you know, more designers are starting to cater to plus size women. And then, you know, my daughter's tall, she has the tall factor. And then my daughter-in-law is petite. In fact, she's only four foot seven. Mm. So she has a very hard time. And one thing that I tell lots of women is that find, find yourself a tailor or a seamstress, because that person should be your best friend. Because what a lot of women don't realize is that everything you buy in the store off the rack, that's what it's called when you buy ready to wear is off the rack, that those garments are catered to a woman that's five foot four. That's considered the average woman. And I'm five foot four. 
but then you have to consider other factors. Like, are you five foot four and plus, you know what I mean? Or are you five foot four and extra skinny, you know, women that are very slender and very petite have just as much hard time finding clothes as women that are large. So I just, I want my blog, I want to help women to have like little life hacks or little shopping hacks, you know, and, and understand what something means, or even, even as far as like the little um, RN on a tag, like if, if you want to know who makes what, there's an RN number on a tag that tells you who manufactures that, that clothing. So if you're looking to see if something's vintage or if it's from like uh, Arab, uh, not Aeropostale, uh, Abercrombie or not that one either. Can't think of it. But there's a, a store that sells all these different labels. I'm having a brain, a brain fog right now. Um, but anthropology, that's what it is. Anthropology. Oh, sure. They have all kinds of different brands. So if you want to see if it's an anthropology brand, then you can look at the RN number and okay. look that up online and see where it comes from or where it's made, who manufactures it. Well, it sounds like um, from what you're telling me, you you have a wealth of knowledge, but am I gathering the fact that you're you're basically going to niche to like a body positivity type fashion blog? Yes. Yeah, definitely for sure. Because I want women to know that your size does not mean you have to be like looking like a tent or, uh, you know, wearing new moves or so. And I'm not just all about plus size. I I'm here to help petite women too. I, I want fashion to be for every single body, every body. And a lot of women feel left out, Mm -hmm. but there are ways to feel included. And we all have to get dressed no matter what your size is. You're, you're always making fashion choices, whether you think you are or not you're always making fashion choices because you're always putting something on your body. And that something, whether it's a t-shirt and sweatpants or a three-piece suit started with a fashion designer like me, it started somewhere. So, you know, you have to take into consideration that you're always making fashion choices. You're either doing a good job or a bad job. You're either putting thought into it or not, but you're still making a fashion choice. You're still part of the whole you know what I'm saying so why not make it a better experience well one of the things that just came to me with what you were saying is somewhere on your blog you need like a a tagline of fashion for everybody and body being like bolded yeah Um, because that (laughs) like you need you need to use that you need some sort of like social media hook or something because that's the big thing that just was coming through for me is fashion for every body body yeah not everybody but every body (laughs) yeah exactly so that's what um, I think that's what I want to teach women is that fashion is for every body body no matter what your body 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 exactly Come through Megan the Stallion. I'm feeling it. <laughs> exactly. I love it. Well, um, when it comes to fashion blogging, there is a crap ton of stuff that you could put on a blog. I mean, there, yeah. there and there's so many different ways to monetize. So I'm curious, once uh, once your new website is live, in fact, by the time this episode does go live, it, your website should be up. I'm curious as to what your plans are for your monetization. I have to learn all that. That's something oh, I good. Okay. have to learn okay. because I don't 
know. Like I, I honestly have no idea. I'm, I'm a work in progress. That's fantastic. <laughs> I That's perfect. I it before. And I definitely want to make as much money from as many sources as possible. So that's a, that's something I have to learn. Well, that's actually perfect then. Um, would it be okay with you if we kind of jam on that for a second and maybe also help the listeners at the same time? Yeah. So I'm going to take notes because I need this education. <laughs> okay. Well, in fact, if you want, like I said, I'll send you the transcript of this because um, I, I've definitely become... I guess you could say obsessed with figuring out how you can take what you're doing with your website and turn it into different revenue streams. So yeah. one of the big things that a lot of people say for like different blogs is obviously you want to think about sponsorships. You want to think yeah. about the services or products that you offer. Um, you want to think about if say, if there's opportunity um, to sell your own products or those of another. So like affiliate marketing, yeah. Um, in fact, I'm going to pull up some notes myself because I actually just wrote about this. <laughs> okay. So, um, so getting back to what we were just talking about, um, basically Bobby has been fashion blogging before, but she's going to start fashion blogging again and her website should be live by the time this goes live, by the time this episode goes live. And one of the things we're going to jam on real quick is I'm going to give Bobby some ideas of how she can use her website to monetize her business. And so one of the big things that happens with a lot of fashion bloggers is they get into this business and think, okay, now that I'm fashion blogging, I'm going to just get sponsored by all the brands and they're going to all send me clothes and I'm going to look super cute and I'm going to get paid to wear their clothes. The reality is most people don't have enough of a following to get those big brand deals. Now, can you go viral? Of course you can. Um, can you suddenly get, you know, inundated with a crap ton of, of opportunities to make money? Like, you know, your Addison Rays on TikTok or your, um, of course, names are escaping me now that I want to talk about it. But uh, but yeah, there, there's lots of opportunities out there. And you don't have to be a viral vixen to make money. So a couple of the ways that you can make money as a blogger if your blog is not exactly paying the bills. Let's, let's jump right in. First one is with email marketing. And I'm the worst at this because um, I, I'm very bad at do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm forever telling people that if you're smart, you're going to start growing an email, an, an email list. Ah. <laughs> you're smart, you're going to grow an email list. And the reason for that is um, I'm sure you've heard the, the horror stories of people who build up a following on social media and then lose access to their accounts. Yes. I and have this, heard. Yep. Yeah. And this actually just happened. We were just talking about it um, with, uh, with one of my clients, there is a YouTuber who does reviews of, I believe it's podcasting microphones. I could be wrong about this, but he lost access to his Google accounts because he was flagged as spam. He had to work with YouTube to get his videos back online. Oh my God. During that time, he lost access to his community. And the big thing that everyone keeps saying is if you have a free platform that you are promoting yourself on, you do not have direct access to the people you're talking to. So you've got to have wow. an email list because that is something yeah. you own. That is something you can take with you from business to business. If you wake up one day and decide, I don't want to be blogging in this particular industry. I want to change. I can then send an email to all my followers and say, Hey, I'm going to this new direction. Come with me. 
So, yeah. so that's, that's a big thing. Um, have you thought about email marketing at all for your, for your fashion blog? Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I get emails from other bloggers. So um, sometimes it's a lot. And a lot of times I don't read what they send me, but at least I, I come to their, they come to my mind. Okay. Like whenever I get an email from, we have a friend, I don't know if I want to say her name, but um, she does like tablescapes and home decor and stuff like that. She's very good, but I don't always read every blog that comes through. Understood. I feel bad, but there are so many sometimes and not just from her, um, but I, ha- I have, I'm signed up to so many lists that email feels, <clears throat> excuse me, email feels really um, overwhelming. Definitely. I get so many emails every single day. Yes. Yeah, so. and, and that's the big thing is, is a lot of people do, but it's still uh, the good thing about email is unlike a Twitter feed, that's going to, you know, not be visible that you don't have to scroll to get to it. If you ever do decide you want to go back to that message, you still can, unless you've deleted yeah. it, of course. But, yeah. um, but that's always been one of my favorite things about, ha- about email lists is that if someone sends me a message that I think, okay, I, I want to read that later when I have time, I can, and right. I don't have yeah. to scroll through all the 11 billion selfies <laughs> to get to <laughs> what they, to get to their, their meat that they're trying to tell me about. So that's exactly. definitely one big thing. Um, and then let's see, let's, let's go down the list. YouTube is, uh, is another one that I've seen a lot of bloggers starting to take advantage of because, you know, people love watching videos. So why not leverage YouTube yeah. to make a little cash? And one of my big things that I'm obsessed with is repurposing content. So, um, one of the, uh, several of the marketers that I follow, what they do is they create YouTube videos And then they take that content, they have it transcribed, and then they have a virtual assistant who takes all that content that's transcribed and they turn those quotes into your Facebook posts, your Twitters, your, your, uh, your Instagram posts and all that good stuff. They'll take screenshots of the videos to create little images, or they'll take little clips of the videos to, to have your Instagram reels or, um, Facebook videos, that kind of stuff. So I'm obsessed with repurposing content. And another thing you can do with the transcriptions is you can create blog posts from them. Um, and that's actually one of the things that I have done for a couple of my clients. We will take a YouTube video that they have created. We transcribe it. We change up the, um, the verbiage so that it's more reader friendly than Uh viewer friendly. And we repurpose it as amazing blog posts. So now they've taken one thing that they created and they have multiple pieces of content that they can push out to their followers. Right. So, and of course with YouTube monetization, you can, you know, get money through advertising, but the big thing for the smaller YouTubers is they use their descriptions, their YouTube descriptions to add affiliate links or, um, links to their courses or, you know, some kind of something that they're trying to sell. And so that's, that's definitely something that, um, that I've been seeing more bloggers taking advantage of. In fact, um, I love following income school. Uh, if you're a blogger and you're listening to this and why would you not be a blogger? If you're listening to this, it is the bloggy friends show after all, but bloggers who are interested in doing YouTube, I highly recommend you check out the income school. Um, their channel on YouTube is fantastic. They give a lot of amazing advice of how to, um, promote yourself, how to grow your blog, how to niche it down, all that good stuff. And one of the things that they talk about, a lot 
is that when you have YouTube, you can get a lot more visibility. And every single time that you put out a new blog or, or excuse me, a new video, you can add your blog links to your description so people can get more information. And uh, one of the, one of my clients, she has a YouTube following that's better than her blog and her blog is increasing in page views because of her YouTube channel. And so wow. she's just started monetizing and she's just started outsourcing and, and she's amazing. But uh, it's interesting that YouTube is becoming a way for bloggers to get more attention on their blogs, even though they're different mediums. Yeah. Find that, I find that kind of stuff fascinating. So is any of this resonating with you so far? What, what, what are you thinking yeah. as you, uh, I, I see you writing notes. I know that we're not doing this on video, but uh, yeah. I, I, we are, uh, as I'm talking with Bobby, she and I are on a Zoom call right now. And so I can see she's writing notes, but, uh, but so what are you thinking, Bobby? Tell me, tell me the thoughts going through your head. Yeah, I definitely want to use YouTube, but that's just like another thing that I have to learn. <laughs> so it's like, oh my God, there's so many things to learn. That's you know, so true. And it can be overwhelming. It is overwhelming because like uh, Instagram just changed their algorithm. They're only pushing video. Um, they're not likes and comments don't mean anything on Instagram anymore. They're trying to keep up with TikTok. Um, Isn't the, everybody. <laughs> yeah. The CEO of um, Instagram just came on and said, we are uh, we're going to do more reels to compete with TikTok, and they're really more about shopping and and the marketplace now. So, um, you know, basic people like the the wave of influencers. Nobody's looking at pictures. Instagram's not going to push pictures. Right. They're going to push video, and so algorithms are changing. So, like, I was like, geez, I got to be Martin Scorsese all of a sudden. You know what I mean? Like. It's what, you know, you think you're a fashion designer, or fashion stylist, but really you have to, you have to think like a, a, a movie maker. Yeah. You have to, you know, everything is video every, and, and people want to get to know you. So video is king because you can, people can only get to know you so much through pictures mm -hmm. and through copy. They want to get to know you through video. So now most of my day is going to be spent learning how to do reels or how to make TikTok videos, how to edit. Like not only are you the, and that's the thing, like Martin Scorsese doesn't edit anything, but now like we as creators and content creators, we have to learn how to video ourselves, then edit our videos, then upload our videos and add special effects. And it's like, we're doing the job of like 20 people if we were actually movie makers. So that's uh, absolutely true. I, I often say that the life of a blogger is you have to be a one man band. Um, you yeah. have to learn so much um, in order to, to make a go of it. And I, I find it fascinating that, that some people who want to get into blogging, they expect as soon as they hit publish that they're just all of a sudden going to be a star. And unfortunately, this isn't field of dreams. Just because you build it, it that doesn't mean they're <laughs> going to come. So, yeah. um, so I definitely agree with you that there's a lot. And, and the blogger's job is never done. It's just not. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm fascinated to, uh, to hear that about the Instagram. Cause I, I kind of suspected yeah. that's where things were going. Cause you know, everybody's attention span is getting shorter, but, um, but there is still something to be said about repurposing videos to put them on your blog because SEO is still a thing. 
yeah. SEO is still, you know, the, the best way that a, a blogger can, can reach out to, um, to new people that are looking for them. And so one of the things that I have been uh, reading a lot about is that if you are doing YouTube videos or, you know, Instagram videos or whatever that you plan on repurposing, make sure that as you're talking, you use the keywords that people are going to be searching for. And the big reason for that is, you know, with closed captioning and and, um, YouTube transcripts and things like that, as you're, as you're talking to people, those keywords are going to be coming up in search. Yeah. And, and, and if you add them to your, your descriptions and things like that, you're getting more opportunities to be found by the people who need you. Right. So, so that's a, that's a big thing, but uh, back into our monetization talk um, and a, a, a few other ways that, um, that a fashion blogger can definitely um, monetize. And in fact, this isn't just specific to fashion bloggers. This is to basically anybody is take the subject that you are learning so much about, or that you know so much about and write a book. Um, I, I have a full series on the GoDaddy blog about taking your blog and turning it into a book. Um, I think it was called blog to book or something like that. I can't remember what it was, but, um, it was a really fascinating, uh, interview series that I did that turned into this condensed, amazing piece, um, where we took real bloggers who were taking all their amazing content. They repackaged it and repurposed it into stunning books that they're now making income from. So, um, so that's definitely one amazing thing that you can do. Uh, other things you can do include live workshops, consulting, uh, teaching, teaching programs, speaking gigs, podcasting. Hey, (laughs) um, one of the, uh, one of the people that I absolutely love. In fact, they're, they're who I host my, my podcast with is rss.com podcasting. They are partnered with podcorn. And what's amazing about this partnership is it used to be that if you wanted to get sponsored on your podcast, you had to go and you find a brand who you then say, these are my number of downloads. These are the number of listeners, et cetera, et cetera. And then you would pitch them like, Hey, if you pay me this much money, I'll put an ad on my podcast. Well, what Podcorn did is they go and find the brands. All you do is click and apply. And so they partner you with people who want to pay podcasters to have space to talk to their audiences and they make it a little bit easier. And I love the fact that opportunities like this are coming out right now because it makes it easier on the, the content creators who don't have, you know, the huge followings to still be able to figure out how to monetize. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, now that I've uh, said a few things, I'm curious, are, are the wheels in your head turning? Do you, do you have any ideas on how you want to monetize your own? Yeah. So a couple of things that you just mentioned, um, you know, writing a, like a little ebook or self-publishing a book is something that I have definitely thought about because I do have such a wealth of knowledge when it comes to fashion and style and things I've blogged about before that are still like some information just doesn't go out of style like oh I like that (laughs) yeah exactly like like fitting yourself for a bra or knowing what bra size so many women are wearing the wrong bra size yes and you could blog about that 10 years ago and it's still the same information today it's 
still information women need to know. Yep. And as somehow women are still wearing the same, the wrong bra size, even though the information is out there. And there are stores that will literally fit you for free, yeah. um, will measure you and tell you what your correct bra size is. Um, and just learning like about foundation garments, you know, Spanx and what underwear to wear and, you know, things like that. Those things you could write about now or 10 years from now, and it's probably still going to be the same useful information. So, um, you know, I, I definitely want to do an ebook and then e-learning. Like I'm working on a class right now about the basic 10, 10 um, style basics and how to, um, how to mix and match those style basics. Um, so it's like a little mini class. It's not like a five or eight week class. It's just like a mini class teaching you style basics. Cause a lot of times when women say I have nothing to wear, it's because they have possibly not enough staples in their wardrobe. So I go over what those, the top 10 are, there are more staples than just 10, but the top 10 that I think every woman should have in her closet. And then if you have those 10 pieces, I tell you how to incorporate them into your other pieces. So either you're missing the style basics or you have too many trendy pieces or you have things that, that you've bought on impulse. Usually when people have nothing to wear in their closet, they either don't know how to style their own closet or they're missing basics or like so many women will go and find a sale and they'll be like, oh my God, this, this Tory Burch dress it was 300 and now it's 50 and you know how can i not buy it how can i not buy this 50 dollar dress that was 350 dollars or whatever so they'll buy something that may not really fit them may not really be what they need may not really be their style but what they're doing is they're getting a high off of the the score that the purchase itself is a win and a score for them but then they never wear it and then that dress ends up sitting in their closet with the tags on forever and when I go in and I say when was the last you never wore this dress it still has tags on it and they're like oh I know but it was such a great deal well it's not a great deal if you never wear it yes it's never money spent where you think you're saving money because it was such a great deal you're not saving if you're spending you're spending. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes you may be saving off of the retail price but if you never wear that garment because you don't know what shoes to go with it or what bag goes with it or what, you know, if it's a shirt, what pants go with it or what skirt goes with it. It's not a bargain if you never wear it. It's just not. So well, it sounds like a lot of things that you're saying, we're going to all be expecting your course to come out and your blog to come yeah. out because <laughs> you got to add it all to the to-do list. Well, I'm curious, um, yeah. what, uh, what are you wanting to know about blogging that maybe I could help you with? and help well, our listeners as well. Yeah, definitely. The monetization is something I wanted to know about. And then um, just how to get people to see it. Cause when I, I think the reason I stopped writing was because I was like, no one's seeing this stuff. I'm like, this is like a diary. This is like an online diary. Mm -hmm. Who the hell is reading my blog? Nobody. You know what I mean? So like, how do you get people to see it? and, and know about it. I guess you, I mean, it's all about promotion. And back in 2011 through 2013, when I was originally blogging about fashion, um, there wasn't as much promotion as there is now. Like now 
people are really online and they're really looking for content and it's, it's a much different world now than it was a decade ago. That's absolutely true. Well, let me uh, pull up some more help. And podcasts. I'm, I'm interested in doing a podcast, a fashion podcast, obviously. And speaking gigs. I love to do speaking gigs. I've been talking to a doctor's office recently through Working Women of Tampa Bay, and um, they want someone to come in and talk to their um, staff about style and things like that. So I used to do a lot more speaking gigs um, and I kind of fell out of that and I want to get back into doing more speaking gigs as well. Yeah, I definitely Because there agree. are so many things I could talk about. Same. And, and that's actually one of the reasons I started the podcast is there were so many things I wanted to talk about and I didn't want to wait on a stage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, um, you had said that uh, one of the things that was frustrating you whenever you first started blogging is that you couldn't get anybody to actually view it. Um, And one of the things that I'll do is in the show notes, I'm going to leave a link to episode three, because in episode three, we talk about 10 ways that you can promote your blog for free. And just to do a quick recap, I I will go ahead and share a couple of those things with you guys. um, So everybody can kind of know what's coming in that um, in that episode. But uh, the very first thing I talk about is guest posting. And these days, it's guest podcasting. Everyone is talking about guest podcasting. And the reason why is it takes so long to write a post. I totally get it. That's why I'm a ghost blogger. People pay me to to write their blogs for them because it does take a lot of time. So guest podcasting gives you the ability to still get the backlink, still get the SEO, still get the traffic, but you just have to show up and just spew your knowledge. So guest posting, that's the very first way. A couple of other things that I recommend if people are trying to get traffic and promote their, um, their websites is to participate in roundups. Um, basically what that is, is where you are submitting your website link to like, let's say a roundup of fashion hacks or recipes, um, that kind of stuff. So if someone's saying that they want to do like the top 10 fashion hacks of how to save the most money for getting your holiday dress, you would say, Oh, I have an amazing tip and here's my link, that kind of thing. Um, other things that you can do to promote is participate in giveaways with other bloggers, use your email signature, get in the press, uh, write for medium Reddit Quora. Um, I actually am on medium so if anybody wants to follow me, it's famousashleygrant.medium.com. So let's be friends. <laughs> um, stra- uh, strategic use of social media. Uh, believe it or not, there's a right way and a wrong way to do social media. And uh, well, I already said the podcasting thing, but uh, interview experts and quote them on your own blog. So one of the things that I love doing is going and finding people who are experts in their niche and learning what it is that they're doing and then quoting them in articles. Um, I, I'm obsessed with Harrow. You and I have talked about this before, Bobby. Yes. Um, yeah. Harrow is, uh, is, it stands for help a reporter out. And mm-hmm. what's amazing is how many experts participate in it. And so if you're working on a blog, it's a great place to get experts to talk to you. Now, Grant Chu, Harrow does have the requirement that you have to have um, so many page views to be able to use that, uh, that website um, as where you're going to be posting the blog. But one of the things that I have found that I have been loving is if you post an article on Medium, medium.com, they have a lot of domain authority. They have a lot of page views. So it's a great way to get your foot in the door 
to interview these experts. So you get them, you, you, you post your query, say, I'm going to be posting this on medium.com. You get all your awesome quotes, then go back to those people and say, Hey, I want to do a special profile on you for my blog as well. Would you be open to that? And that's actually one of the things that I'm working on right now is I'm interviewing experts on a bunch of different things for medium articles, because then I can get it on medium. Then I can go back and say, let me interview you again. And I'm going to just do it on you. Nobody else is going to be featured in this particular post. It'll be a spotlight on you, but it's going to go on my own website. Would you be okay with that? And sometimes you'll get a yes. So the last one for promoting, um, is network. And that's one of the, one of the other things we're doing right now. I mean, Bobby and I are sitting here having this conversation and we're networking. We, we actually met at a networking event. Um, wasn't it, was it wine, women and shoes back in Tampa way back in the day? It was probably that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That was 2010. Oh my word. (laughs) Yeah. The first wine, women and shoes in Tampa was in 2010 and I was the corporate sponsorship chair for that event. Yeah, that's awesome. It's it's so wild how things like this come full circle. And um, it's why if you're not networking right now, and you want to do anything online, start networking, get out there. Um, You got to talk to people. You got to talk to people. You worked for 10. And I worked for 10. But we worked for 10 at different times. Yes. I worked for 10 news from 2013 to 2015. Yeah, I don't remember what years I worked um, because I was what she's referencing is the fact that I used to um, do some blogging for what it was called Metromix at the time. It was an affiliate of the of the channel news station in Tampa. And uh, that was one of the big things that I had started doing is I was I was using my own name. What a shocker Um, I was. And and what's funny is Channel 10 that that um, that experience, that's how I got my name. Famous Ashley Grant. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, um, yeah. Ron, Ron from the Don. Yes, yes. Um, and so I'll I'll leave a link to that in the show notes as well. Um, speaking of which, if you're if you're listening to this and you want some of the show notes that we're discussing, it's going to be at bloggyfriends.com backslash fashion authority. So that's bloggyfriends.com backslash fashion authority. So make sure you check out the show notes for everything that we're saying. If you um, have heard anything that you want some more answers to, by all means holler at me. I I love answering questions and I love uh, sharing my knowledge. So Bobby, what else would you like to discuss about your fashion authority blog? (laughs) Well, I just want it to be a place where women can be inspired and feel good about themselves and gain some hacks um, for, you know, getting dressed and feeling fabulous. And um, also I just, I want to be able to be like, someone you go, you turn to if you have any questions. So I would love it if people gave me, you know, ideas of what they want to know about. I mean, is that something that happens with you? Like when you post a blog and people comment, do people comment like, oh, could you do a blog on this or that? Or do you know anything about that? Like, do people ever turn to you with questions? Yes. Um, what, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and but, I feel bad because sometimes the questions I get are ones I don't know the answer to, but, um, well, that's okay. but, uh, you can, you can definitely get questions. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause that, that definitely happens because once you start putting yourself out there, um, especially if you're setting yourself up as an expert, yeah, you're basically saying you can ask me anything and I can tell you. And so there's still a lot I'm learning. I got to say, there's a lot I'm yeah. still learning because one of the questions that actually came through from a GoDaddy blog that I posted, I, I don't know how to answer this person. So I'm still learning. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's awesome. But that also, I feel like even if you don't know the answer to something, it gives you an opportunity to research it mm -hmm. and to find out for yourself. That's and true. then that makes you even more of an expert or someone that people can turn to for answers. And I want to be approachable. And I feel like, you know, there's a, there's an aspect of just being genuine. You know what I mean? I always want to come across as genuine. I, I am one of the most real people ever. I never try to be someone else. I only try to be me. And my personality, either you like it, or I feel like you don't like, I, I am one of those people that just comes at you bold and with truth. And I rarely sugarcoat things. I'm not someone who's ever malicious in my, my delivery or mean. But like, if something doesn't look good on you, I'm going to say that's not your best look, right? You know, what I mean, I'm not going to hold back and say, you know, oh, that that dress is fine on you if it's not fine on you because I want to be the person to tell you the truth. Yes. I want, yes. but but I try to deliver it in a way that's kind but gets the point across. Like that's really not your best look. You really don't need to be wearing that silhouette. That's yeah. this silhouette's better. And I always try to emphasize what's working as opposed to what's not working. But if you have the same style in your closet and it's all baggy men's t-shirts, I'm going to say, that's not your best look. You know, you can wear t-shirts, but the baggy men's t-shirts have got to go to the men, to the men in your life yeah. <laughs> not to you. <laughs> and not to you. Right. So, but we all have our comfort clothes and things like that. So I want, I want people to be able to approach me and I want my information that I put out there to be like readily accepted and not feel judgy or not. I want, I want women to be able to use what I'm saying um, to their benefit. I want it to be beneficial, but also real and genuine. Well, I think that one of the biggest things that's coming through through this entire um, interview that we're doing is you're going to need to create a, a content calendar. You need an editorial calendar that I use those words interchangeably, but um, it's almost like from what you're telling me, I'd like to see you create a um like a series of campaigns, like in campaign one, I'm talking about body positivity in campaign two, I'm talking about the different ways to style yourself in campaign three. Um, you know, maybe the different pieces that you need, that kind of stuff, like the fashion yeah. staples, as you said, so almost like what you're going to put in the course you're discussing. Um, but like bite-sized bits that can be searchable that people can find you. Um, right. One of the big pieces of, of advice that I always give to people whenever they're asking me what the heck to put on their blog is think about your reader. Think about your ideal person and what they will be searching for. When they go to Google, what are they typing into the Google search right. box? So maybe for you, they're going to be searching, you know, what's going to make me look the most flattering for my 10 year reunion or what color outfit will make me look like I've lost 10 pounds, that kind of stuff. So, right. you know, because the big thing about search engines is they are all about the user experience. They want the user to come to them and get exactly what they're looking for. So, so that's the biggest piece of advice that I can give you is make sure that anything you put on your blog is not about you. It's got to be about your reader. And do you link anything to Pinterest? Are you using Pinterest as a search engine? Yes. And, and that's a big thing that um, I've had a lot of discussions with a lot of bloggers about. 
Pinterest is not social media, my friends. I'm, I, I want to make that very clear, bloggy friends. Pinterest is not social media. Pinterest is not where you go to like and um, co- comment. It's more about search engine. Think of Pinterest as a search engine, because if you think about it, when people are searching for things, the images on Pinterest are what's coming up first. The images yeah. on Pinterest are what's what's showing up in search. So um, make sure you're using those SEO words in your descriptions on Pinterest. And what's awesome is Pinterest will let you link directly to your Etsy store. They will let you link directly to um, your Shopify store or your whatever it is you're trying to sell. So it doesn't always have to necessarily come to your website. It doesn't always have to come to your blog but make sure you're thinking about the things that people are going to be searching for and include those in your Pinterest descriptions. And one of the things I'll do is um, I have taken some amazing Pinterest courses and I will link those in the show notes as well. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. No problem. What else can I give you, Bobby? (laughs) (laughs) And what else can I give my bloggy friends? (laughs) Um. Yeah. I mean, just knowing, like, I don't feel like I have a lack of content, but I guess I'm wondering, like, do you have to add photos to every blog? Do you add photos to your blogs? Yes. Um, Are photos important? Do you have to incorporate videos into your blogs? I'm going to pull up a a statistic because I don't want to screw this up. Because I have content. I have no shortage of content. Um, I have, I mean, I've written down all sorts of things. And then I know that as people start to read my blog and ask me questions, I'll have even more to talk about. There's no end of content, but creating engaging content or creating interesting, visually interesting, appealing content. Absolutely. Um, Okay. So advice on content, including images. Yes, absolutely. You want to include images with your blog content. And um, one of the reasons for this is search engine journal reported earlier this year, I believe it was February. They said over 20% of all us web searches happen on Google images. Now, Did you hear that? I'm going to repeat it, bloggy friends. Over 20% of all U.S. web searches happen on Google images. What that means is people are not looking at Google search results with text. And the reason for this is they're in the line at the grocery store. They're in the waiting room at the doctor's office. They're waiting on their kid's soccer practice to be over. They're looking at images and... The reason that they can quickly do that instead of reading all this text is they can look down at their phone, scroll down to what looks interesting, and then click to read more if they want to. So um, yes, absolutely. You've got to make sure that you're using images. And here's the thing. The image does not necessarily have to be exactly what you're writing about. It needs to be relevant to what you're writing about. Mm -hmm. But like, if you're saying something about a black blazer, obviously you want to have a picture of a black blazer, but it doesn't have to be like so specific to your topic. What matters is that you need something that's eye-catching and it has to have the alt text. I say this a lot to a lot of my clients (laughs) is you want to include the alternate description and the image title has to be something that includes your keywords. So let's say we're writing about, oh, give me a fashion subject, Bobby. <laughs> um, let's talk about foundation garments like underwear, Spanx. 
Okay, foundation garments. So let's say your keyword is foundation garments. The images you're using need to start with your keyword foundation garments and then end with your description of what it is that's in the picture. So let's say it's Spanx. So your alt text would be foundation garments, or excuse me, foundation dash garments dash Spanx. And then in the alt description, you're going to say the same thing, but without the little dash. So it'll be foundation garments, Spanx. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. And so just doing that simple tweak, whenever you load your image now, instead of your image title being image or what is it usually IMG underscore two, seven, three, four, nine. It now says fashion garments, Spanx. Did I lose you? No, I'm sorry. I accidentally muted myself. Yeah, that makes so much sense. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's like, beep. Um, yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah. So, so yes, you definitely want to be using images. And another thing is to, yes, if you do have any videos, even if it's just TikTok videos that you've created or Instagram videos that you've created or Facebook videos that you've created, take those videos repurpose them, put them on your YouTube channel. And the reason I say YouTube is that I feel like their embed codes are better than other social media. I'm probably going to have people come at me for that. But the truth is I have had images that I have images and videos that I've embedded from Facebook or Instagram. And for some reason on a WordPress blog, give it a couple of weeks and it's like broken. I don't know if it's something I'm doing wrong. Maybe it is. But um, what I have found is when you're embedding videos from YouTube, it tends to translate better on web. And I like the controls better. And it also allows me to uh, take advantage of the descriptions and things like that. So um, yes, include as many videos as you can. In fact, if you can create a playlist of amazing stuff that's related to the campaigns that you're writing about. So like if you're doing the uh, 10 ways to style yourself, maybe you do 10 videos, 10 quick videos that you can then transcribe and turn into your blog post. And then you have a playlist of 10 ways to style yourself that you can also embed into the articles. <laughs> yeah. And round and round we go. <laughs> And round and round we go. <laughs> That's really good. That's really good. Good information. <laughs> well, so Bobby, I have to ask you, where can people find you online once your fashion blog is alive and kicking? Okay, so my website is thefashionauthority.co, not com, co. And my social media handles, um, Instagram and um, Twitter are at Bobby Kingsbury, which is my name, B-O-B-B-I-E. Don't spell my name wrong. Um, and my, um, my page on Facebook is uh, The Fashion Authority. If you look me up um, through Facebook, you can find my page at The Fashion Authority. Um, and TikTok is at Boston Bobby, which may be changing <laughs> if I figure out how to do it, but I'm on TikTok as well. Very new to TikTok, but I'm on TikTok as well. And then my WordPress blog is Fashion Authority Bobby. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we yeah. will leave all the links, um, to all this juicy goodness down in the show notes. Um, and again, guys, if you are, are listening to this episode and you want to catch those show notes, it's bloggyfriends.com backslash fashion authority. Again, that's bloggyfriends.com backslash fashion authority. Well, Bobby, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you want to talk about before we wrap this one up? 
No, but I'm really excited when I get my podcast going. I want you to come on my podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it, it's a date. We'll make that happen. Once I get that up and running because I definitely want to interview amazing, intriguing people like you. <laughs> I love that. That's fantastic. Well, and um, if anybody that's listening to this is interested in starting a podcast, I definitely recommend checking out rss.com. You can start your podcast completely for free and you do not have to include your credit card information whenever you sign up and anybody who is a student or educator if you have a .edu email address you can get 61% off of your podcast hosting fees so again that's rss.com please check that out and Bobby thank you so much for being here with me today I really appreciate your time thank you for uh, having me thank you so much and um bloggy friends Until next time, may your page views be high and your bounce rate be low.